Welcome to this week's edition of the All Saints Lutheran Church podcast. All Saints is a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are located in Davenport, Iowa. Each week we bring you the digital edition of the weekly sermon. Enjoy! The Gospel lesson this morning is from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. <clears throat> Jesus says, But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Surprises. Some people love surprises. Some people hate surprises. But whether you like it or not, life is full of surprises. And there are two types of surprises. We have sad surprises and we had glad surprises. Now, of course, we know what a sad surprise is. That's one where you thought that you paid a bill and you get it back in the mail and you call and you go, yep, you didn't pay it, so you still have to owe it. That's a sad surprise. Or you take your car in to get an oil change and you think that's all that you need, but then you find out that you need to have a new transmission. That's a sad surprise. Or, of course, the saddest surprise of all is you get a phone call about the death of a loved one or a friend, especially when that call is unexpected. But then again, we also have glad surprises. <clears throat> We've all know what glad surprises are. We all have been in grocery stores and had our arms full and we're walking to the car and we think, did I leave my keys in the car? And you start looking in your purse and kind of fumbling around and you don't find them. And sure enough, you walk over to the car and you look and you see them sitting right there at the ignition. But then you also look over and you see that the driver's, the passenger side door is open. So that's a glad surprise that you can get in that way. Or you're balancing your checkbook, your checkbook, and you find out that you have an extra $123.73. That's also a very glad surprise. And then, of course, the test results, you expect to be cancer, but it's not. It's nothing significant, negative test results. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus tells the disciples as well as you and me to be ready for a surprise when he says, the coming of the Son of Man will be like a thief in the night. Therefore, you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Two men, two women, were working side by side. One is taken, one is left. And now notice that the text is not clear. Which one was saved, the one taken or the one who remained. Popular religious culture, such as the Left Behind series, would have us think that the one being taken is saved. But we forget in that, back at that time that this was a world where soldiers would come and take people and put them in, press them into service, or else they would take and take people and put them into slavery 
far away from their friends and family. Maybe the one who was left was the one who was saved. You have to think of a different way that way. But no matter what the case, both would be surprised by the sudden disappearance. For those who are not ready, that day would be a sad surprise. But for those that are ready, it would be a glad surprise. So, kind of a funny question, but how do we prepare for a surprise? How do we prepare for a promise? The promise of the coming of the Lord, either at the end of the world or on the day that we die and meet our Lord face to face. On one hand, the Gospel lesson balances the assurance of the promises of our Lord, the coming of our Lord, the promise of God's nearness to the world, the promise of God being close to your life. On the other hand, of not knowing, it's the mystery, the wondering, the question marks that our lives, that what day the Lord is coming and that day how the Lord is with us. Now it's been said that we should live our lives as those who have applied to live in a new country called the kingdom of God, but yet we haven't heard when our visa will be approved. In fact, no one seems to know that day or that hour. But in the meantime, we need to be ready. We want to be ready, for we're already learning the language, already practicing the habits and the customs of that new land. While we're citizens of our current country, we also live like citizens in the land to come, the age to come. But the danger, you see, and this is what I mentioned in the text today, that we'll be lulled to sleep in the seeming sameness or the disappointing news of the world around us. When this happens, our failure is not knowing the significance, not knowing the importance of today. That each day we are called to live in the promises of the Lord's nearness to us. You see, it's already and not yet. We're already citizens of that new kingdom, but we're not yet ready to move there. Jesus is coming again, yes, but also Jesus is here today. You see, the gospel lesson is an invitation. I think an invitation for you and me to live in a sense of readiness, ready to meet God face to face today, tomorrow, or next week. Now, I shouldn't have to remind you that this time of the year that we're preparing for Christmas. Then as I thought about all the stuff that people are doing to prepare for Christmas, I realized that they also tie into some of the faith practices that we have. Faith practices that help us to be ready for the day we move into our new land, the kingdom of God. <clears throat> all right, how many have gotten your Christmas lights out yet? Okay. How many have the Christmas lights look like this yet? Just, yeah, <laughs> Now, you know why Christmas lights, we put up Christmas lights because they represent the stars in the sky on that first night in Bethlehem. Sometimes maybe a little bit easier, I, you ever do see these kind of lights here too? They have um, batteries in it, really the simple kind of candles with that too, and you put them in the windows and things. These are kind of the simple ones, but I like this image too because the lights remind us of worship, worship and prayer. Now, why are these important? how are these faith practices, worship and prayer, that we can experience firsthand the love, the vast grace of God in the Word and sacraments. In a few minutes when we come, you come forward to receive Holy Communion, you'll be getting a glimpse of that heavenly feast, that banquet that we will all share one day in the kingdom of God. All right. How many of you read stories? You ever, you read Every year, read, read that? Yeah. 
How about, how about maybe, all right, maybe watch it on TV. Maybe do it that way. Yeah, a little bit, a few more people that way too. So reading and studying um, Christmas stories. Now, if you were here last Christmas day, I'd use this story. I had to kind of pull this one out too, The Crippled Lamb. And Max Lucado has a lot of really great books about Christmas. So that's some traditions to read Christmas stories there too. And then, of course, the most famous one is the very first Christmas. This is kind of a little, instead of right out of the Bible, this is taken from the Bible with illustrated pictures and things too that helped kind of tell the story in maybe a new way for, especially for children with that too. So why, how is this a faith practice? Studying, reading the scripture, how is this important? It gives you the knowledge of how deep God's love is for each and every one of you. It, what life in the kingdom of God is like. And it also gives you the assurance that God's presence is indeed with you no matter what comes your way. Okay? How many of you have already got some Christmas gifts purchased? How many of you are out on Black Friday? I know Marvin wasn't. <laughs> he made a point of not being out, too. Okay? Presents being bought. And um, I have these up here, too. This present, but these are my kind of presents because they're really easy to wrap. I don't like wrapping presents in the, in the back as well, too. Now, this is a faith practice of giving of ourselves to others. Why do we give gifts? Because we give a bit of ourselves to others. We want to be able to share with others. We want to serve others. And why is this important? It's because people. it's said that people forget what you say. People forget what you do. But they will always remember how you make them feel. So we give presents helping people to feel good about themselves, to help build that relationship with one another. We serve one another as a way of doing that. So following the example of our Lord, we give. Our Lord gave the ultimate sacrifice. And so at Christmas, and the wise men gave, so we also give as a faith practice. Well, too, generosity is one of those. You see what these are? What, what are those, Raina? Cookie cutters. You excited. Have you made any cookies yet? Christmas cookies yet? How many have a schedule to make Christmas cookies pretty soon? Yep, good with that too. So cookies. This represents fellowship because it's pretty hard to eat, make Christmas cookies. You can, but it's not as much fun, put it that way, to, to make or to eat Christmas cookies by yourself. So you have those with other people. We, we share those together. And it's in that sharing that we have fellowship. And how is, why is this a faith practice? Because we have a glimpse of what life in the kingdom where all people will come together for the same purpose, to support one another during the good as well as the difficult times. You see, the purpose of worship and study is to assist with giving you the assurance that you are a child of God. The readiness, the assurance that you will be with Jesus Christ today and forever. This readiness, you see, is a confidence, the assurance that God is gracious, that you are indeed a beloved child of God. The assurance, the good news, that your salvation does not rest on your good behavior, does not rest on your family background, does not rest on the size of your bank account, but solely upon the love and grace of God. In last week's gospel lesson, we heard how Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. The story is a perfect example of what salvation is all up to God. The man on the cross could do nothing to show that he deserved the gift of salvation. 
And God says the same thing to you each and every day. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And the purpose of serving others, of giving of ourselves, the purpose of fellowship with others is to practice being a person of love. Practice living what it will be like when we all are united in the kingdom of God, the heavenly kingdom. It's also a way to show others that your relationship with Christ does make a difference in the way that you live your life each and every day. That you seek to reflect the love of Christ to those around you by all that you say and do. Yes, by participating in these four faith practices, it shows that you are ready for the surprise. That you're ready for the promise of the Lord's return to be fulfilled. So during this Advent season, during this time of preparing for Christmas, be ready. Be ready to have God surprise you with His grace, His peace, His love. Be ready to see God's blessings around you. Be ready to see glad, heavenly surprises from God in your life. Just as the light of Christ came into the world at Christmas, so it shines into our world, into your life today. And by keeping your spiritual eyes open, both as individuals and as a congregation, be ready to see Christ coming into your life, calling you to follow His will for your life, calling you to be the person God has created you to be. So look for Christ's return. Be ready for the glad surprise. Be ready for the fulfilling of the promise of the coming of the Lord. God's people were not ready the first time that He came, and most of them missed it. So be ready for Jesus to come again. Be ready for the gladdest surprise of all, for it will be the best day of your life. For by being ready, you will hear our Lord say to each and every one of you, Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the joy of the kingdom where there will be no more sorrow, crying, or pain. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the podcast from All Saints Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa. Please know that you are welcome to visit and worship with us anytime you're in the Quad Cities. You can also find us online at www.allsaintsdavenport.org. We are missionaries proclaiming Christ, and we pray that you have a blessed week surrounded by His love.